Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi listeners and welcome to this week's episode of Teb Talks. I am joined by my lovely guest, Danelle. Hi Danelle. Hi. So I wanted to bring you on the show because this is something that really does mean a lot to us. So our dad uh, suffers with Alzheimer's, most particularly early onset Alzheimer's. And particularly in our case, we have, I think it's six relatives now who have died or have been diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's from the age of 50 to 65. And it's definitely something that I believe doesn't get enough airtime. I believe that not enough people are having the conversation about dementia um, and actually what effect it has on people's lives. Every three seconds, somebody is diagnosed with dementia and it's set to be the number one killer in the UK. It currently is for women and it is soon to be for men as well. So it's something that we really need to draw our attention to and give it the um, attention that it needs. So, Danelle, how would you describe Alzheimer's? I was reading an article about carers and it was um, Alzheimer's carers specifically and someone had described it as walking up the down escalator and I think that is literally it. I think the first stage is subtle, you don't really notice it, it's not painful. When you get to the second stage, it's when things really start to kind of hit you. By the late second stage, I think you are literally just, again, you realise that it's a time bomb. And that's something that 
going forward, I don't want anyone to ever feel like they're living on time. I think that's definitely something that's really important. So I think a few weeks ago, when Daddy had a really bad time, you are living within that time bomb. And that's all we'd ever think. Every day was like panic mode. Make sure you go after work. Make sure you go after work. Make sure every time you see him, make sure you hug him and kiss him. So that's definitely something that I... That's a really good description. Yeah, I don't want anyone to ever feel like going forward that they're living on borrowed time. So really we can support each other to make sure that, that at least sometimes somebody puts you on their shoulders and they do the walking up the escalator. If we did get tested, given that we've got such a strong trail of early onset Alzheimer's in our gene pool, how much benefit that would bring? Is that something that you've given a lot of thought to? Yeah, I think there's obviously, as the hospital said, there's a very strong gene. They don't know what it is, which makes me feel like what's kind of what's the point in being tested because there's no palliative care there's nothing that you can do there's no pain relief there's no there's nothing I think there's nothing that I can do in my life to I can't live tomorrow differently I'd be living the same life I agree with you in that it's not going to change the course of of your life and it's not gonna it's not necessarily going to be a positive thing in terms of the course and direction that your life takes but what I would say is do you not think that if we did get tested given that we've got such a strong trail of early onset Alzheimer's in our gene pool how much benefit that would bring in terms of medical research that's the only reason why I would consider getting tested I would let them the people are they're absolutely free and fine to research on me but I don't really see the point in having the result. They could research without me knowing. Oh, without you knowing. Yeah. Oh, that's quite a good idea. I never thought about that. Yeah. Because getting tested is something that I've thought more and more about, especially as the years clock on and we are, you know, getting older. No, I don't think it's really going to benefit me at this stage. Maybe I might change my mind later on, but no, I don't think so. Interesting. I think our, um, we have another sibling and... I think she's very much of the same mindset that she wouldn't want to get tested. I'd really like to see there be some real significant medical advances in the area of Alzheimer's and a way to combat the diseases that that cause dementia. I feel like there's not enough research being done. Firstly, people don't even know what it is. I think that's the problem. That's a huge problem. Even just talking to people that I know when I'm explaining or if I'm saying oh, I've had a really rubbish day because this happened and people look at me like I'm crazy when I describe some of the situations <laughs> and think oh god like you actually have no idea what I'm talking about. What, what kind of situations do you mean? Just he's not having a great day and he's severely hallucinating so he's talking about things and to people that aren't there. Just you know a lot of things that are not the first thing that you think about. When it comes to yeah, yeah. Alzheimer's. Yeah. I think we're quite lucky though because we've we're quite close as a family and actually our mother was a was a she trained as a neurological nurse back in the day back in the day, <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> um ironically actually she worked at the hospital where my dad um was receiving his treatment up until a year ago and so it was it was it was really weird when he was first diagnosed because it's like we had this like in-house commentary which was incredibly soothing and supportive and I think really helped us feel really comfortable with all the changes that we were seeing. But at the same time, it was a little bit scary because 
we were always warned of what was to come. You were just thinking, oh shit, man. Yeah. Like, it was almost like, don't tell me that. But the thing is, I think, like, mummy always says it, that it's completely different. She did it day in, day yeah. out, night and day for years. And then when it's on the when you're on the other side, it's just not the same. Even you could be the most considerate and caring person, which she really is. To I'm sure she would have been with her patients, but when it's someone that you actually know, it's completely different. And she always said that never in a million years did she think that she'd be in this position. And then even when she did warn us of like what was to come, I literally like there's no words that I can describe. I just you can't even imagine it because I don't know. I feel like someone could tell you your worst nightmare, and then you need to multiply that by. A million, because yeah. you just don't anticipate what's, what's going to come. I guess the best way, the best sort of way I could describe living with Alzheimer's, especially early onset, onset Alzheimer's, is it's a bit like a snow globe. And I mean, I was 19 years old when he was officially diagnosed. Um, and that's pretty much when, our, when it really started to affect him and things started to turn to shit. So it was like I was watching my life from the outside in. And sort of each drop of snow that was falling in that globe ever so slowly was a little bit of his memory or part of his life or his his expressive identity that was falling down to the bottom of the globe. And every sort of two years or so, someone would pick up the globe and shake it and it would be like a little bit of hope or something that we'd really cling on to. So it would be either a new medication that would really help to stabilise him or it would um, be something that really helps to elevate his mood. And, you know, you'd get to see that real glimpse of, of that man who we grew up adoring and, and looking up to. And, and then the snow would settle. And I guess we're in that really sad stage where he's in stage three of Alzheimer's, which is the final stages where it's almost impossible to, to shake that snow globe now. Yeah. There's nothing that any of us can do anymore to get any of the, the particles of snow to fall. Uh, when I say nothing, I was. then you have those moments which you really cling on to. I was in the hospital with him the other day for about four hours and, you know, he, he knew, again, much like what you said, he knew I was somebody that he liked and that he knew. I don't think he knows I'm his daughter. I don't know who he thinks I am, but <laughs> he seems to like hanging out with me. Um, and just randomly he picked up my hand after about two and a half hours and said, wow, what a beautiful ring. And I was like, yes, John, John, it is a beautiful ring. Diamonds are a girl's <laughs> best friend. And I was thinking, God, you just strung a whole sentence together. I mean, completely not related to anything that was going on, but it's those moments of cognition and, and awareness that, that you hold on to. And it's like every now and then that snow globe just gets tapped and something shakes a little bit, but it doesn't fall from the sky anymore. And I really wanted to start this conversation a little bit more openly especially amongst young people so that we start having a far more positive association and way of dealing and coping with um the snow globe not shaking anymore because it is something that you get ready for and with it being one of the biggest killers in the uk it's something that we need to change we need to change the rhetoric we need to make sure that there are not you know hundreds and thousands of people families struggling fighting the system i think the lack of help and support for carers is astonishing i think last week there was a report saying that the for a dementia or alzheimer's sufferer 
the average cost is going to take 125 years of saving. Yeah, it's £30,000 a year, I think it costs for the average dementia person to go through. And where are they supposed to get that money if they're not in work? Or it's insane. Um, and actually, there was some research done by the Alzheimer's Society who, hands down, if you are affected in any way by Alzheimer's or struggling or wanting any information, they are by far the most phenomenal source of data and support. So what would you want to change if you could change one thing for those families that are affected by Alzheimer's or the sufferers of Alzheimer's itself? I'd want to make sure that there's support for all, so whether that's the emotional support and advice for the carers themselves because I think they give up a lot of their life. Um, and they lose a lot of themselves and it's extremely testing. It's probably even more painful for them than the sufferers. Um, and as well as the emotional support, financial support. So whether people need to go to daycare or people need respite care, anything that's involved with it, I think, yeah, definitely the support system. But also just, yeah, the awareness around it. Like I, I think it's important that people actually know what it is. They know every step. And with that, they know how to treat it. Like there was a case of one of the patients in the hospital where my dad is now, when he went to A&E, the man, the security guard in the hospital was just so, he obviously ha didn't know how to, to train. He wasn't trained or he didn't know how to, respond to patient I did not that you like treat any patient like this anyway let alone however their behavior was but he ended up um putting his hands behind his back but doing it so aggressively as if he's being arrested like he's a patient all you need to do is just calm him down and sit him down but instead they went about it in such a poor disgusting way that the man ended up with a broken arm and I think things like that ultimately it's it's not somebody that's you know had a few drinks and gets boozy and then gets aggressive and flies off the handle if somebody's afraid or they're scared they're going to react afraid or scared and actually somebody was explaining autism to me in a really really clever and succinct way and, and she described how often when you have autism you see things in a distorted way we see them differently so for example if there was a big black black mat on the floor you might see that as a big black hole therefore if you're dragging that person by the hand getting them to walk over the mat they might think they're going to fall into a big black hole so obviously that person's going to scream and, and basically lose their shit and Alzheimer's is very much the same um, and I think because it's in adults we deal with it differently when my approach to dealing with sufferers um, patients with Alzheimer's has always been to treat them with the kindness um, and compassion and respect that you would a child um, and actually in doing so you're able to communicate them in, in a really calm and effective way um, and when I say that I don't mean that to be patronizing I mean literally to treat them with love and respect it's something that we don't really do when we talk to adult patients or when we, we talk to ourselves as adults which is why I think it's so so hard for, for people to to communicate with um, people with Alzheimer's because it's just so uncharacteristic of what I guess we'd consider normal in air quotes um, and that's something that that everybody can learn everybody can do their bit to support dementia really importantly Alzheimer's 